I believe inspiring people to be the person they aspire to be by doing the things they aspire to do. This podcast is an additional platform to help me do just that. I know a lot, I've done a lot, and I do a lot. By sharing my experience with you all, be the highlight of my day. I will also have family, friends, and colleagues share their knowledge and experiences with me. You think you know me, but you don't know the half. Welcome to Vail's World. It's the team. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? It's your boy Lavelle D. Munger, your host for Vail's World Podcast. And today we have yet again, I've, I've been on this world tour, so I've been reaching out to all the homies and trying to get them on. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, so we're going to make sure we welcome her to Vail's World. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she's the second lady. My baby sister was first, so you almost made history. Uh, <laughs> But before we get started, make sure y'all follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Vales World Podcast. If you would like to sponsor upcoming episode, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, or if you'd like me to be a guest on something that you have going on, feel free to email us at Vales World Podcast at ldmonger.com. And no further ado, how you doing, man? Tell them about yourself. That's your part. You acting shy, y'all. How much should I share? I mean, just, you know, your, your name, what you do, what you want to do. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. My name is Tiffany. Um, born and raised in St. Louis. Um, I am the PR girl. So I do. My account supervisor at O'Malley Hansen Communications. It's a public relations firm owned by an Irish woman. Um, that is my career. That is my day to day. And outside of that, I'm a super mom. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I remember we, we had to talk about city versus county. So shame, shame from the city for real, for real. But we'll let her pass today. Um, so now something funny I like to ask everybody. Uh, that I know. Then yeah, actually, everybody that comes to the show I know so far. Uh, how did we meet? Can you recall that moment? Mm. The PG thirteen version. <laughs> if, if it's not PG thirteen, we met during a time where it was a lot of going out and drinking. So my memory is probably not there. But I remember the first time we went out together was the Wiz Khalifa. Concert. Where's Khalifa? Yeah. The, the girl lady. had a seizure. Yeah, tapped my shoulder <laughs> and I was, get off. <laughs> yeah, she, that was crazy. It was. But yeah, uh, yeah. So that pretty much sums it up. All right. What is your then? What was your impression of me then? And then, uh, has that changed now? How I. Uh, <laughs> if it's too honest, um, it might not. Make I have it. to scale it back. Oh, you gonna edit it out? Okay. Like, you know. Um, first impression. Uh, I definitely thought you were a big flirt. I thought you flirted with everybody. I still do think that you are. So that hasn't changed. Um, 
definitely got mixed vibes between like uh i guess like a sophista ratchet but how much of the ratchet you actually work very conservative Yeah. Your face. Uh very conservative, but I don't know. It wasn't like bad vibes at all, but mysterious. That's what I was that's what I would say. It was very mysterious. You're a very mysterious person. Like mm-hmm. all right, well we're gonna leave it like that before it, it can turn left. <laughs> um I I will accept the mystique. So that's great. Um that's interesting. And not just because I agree with it, but it's the truth. It's a hood guy doing county guy thing. So it's like the best of both worlds, I guess. For sure. All right. All right. Well, well thank you for that. Um, and, you know, thank you for keeping it PG-13. Uh, <laughs> you know, kids listen to this podcast. <laughs> I doubt it, but if they do. Um, so now y'all know who she is. Let let us know where we can find you. What social media platforms you got? You got an email or something? You know, let us know. You could find me at Tiffany Bindum PR on Instagram. Um, I would spell that out, but Bill, you can include it. You know, somebody smart. So they, you know, <laughs> you are the first person that didn't start spelling everything out. So y'all already know I have all of that information in the description so that y'all won't get lost. So that'll help out. And y'all know where to find us at at Veils World Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and the ground. Feel free to shoot me an email. If you want to be a guest on an upcoming episode or you want me to be a guest of whatever y'all got going on or you just want to say hi, man, shoot us an email, Veils World Podcast at ldmonger.com. And if you really feeling generous, invest in a podcast today for as little as 99 cents a month by hitting us up on Anchor and hitting that support tab. All of that will go towards marketing and a PR person probably in the future. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Now we're about to switch over to good read. So let us know what's what's a good read over there with what you got going on, Tiff. So. I read a lot of poetry books. I have like six, seven poetry books. Um, And most of them are by R.H. Sin. So if you're into poetry, definitely check out some of his books. But one of my most recent reads is a fiction book. Can we discuss fiction? Sure. (laughs) Um, It's a fiction book called The Water Dancer by Ta-Nehisi Coates was on one of Oprah's list of um, top books to read and um, short quickly and shortly give a, a description of what the book is actually about but it's about a guy who was born into slavery his mom dies he faces um, faces a situation where he um, dies basically but then comes back to life and he starts to realize that he has superpowers. So a super, a slave with superpowers just sounds like a book that everybody should read, especially black people. And it's a very, very interesting. And see, I probably don't know, but we actually 
in her living room right now. Somebody got the oldest car ever. So if y'all hear that, y'all, y'all know I'll be pulling up on people for these podcasts. So just FYI. Uh, but I did hear the good read sound. Sounds Jesus. Sound like little Jesus did. What did three days later? Or he just, you know, three months later, he just woke up one day and was alive. Had superpowers. Uh, what are some takeaways from the book that you have? Like, how does that correlate to your life? Or what anything that you've seen and noticed? Mm. I mean, it feeds into my creativity. Because along throughout the chapters, he's learning about this gift that he has and how it applies to his life and how he can help others. And I guess that kind of relates to me because I do feel like I'm a person that is an empath and I care for people sincerely. So I try to do things that will help them. So I kind of related to him as a character. And, um, yeah, that was Oh, and um, being an anthropologist, I know that what we read, what we listen to and what we watch has a. And then it reflects on, on us either on the outside or some of darker sides. So. <laughs> that's why I love to know how we can tie or connect different things that we read to everyday life. And although we say, oh, it's just entertaining. There's something that's in the midst of entertainment that fulfills some desire, either fantasy and or what you're doing in life, but seeing it from a different lens. A lot of times we don't appreciate the things that we want and need and the things that we do until it's seen or, or being observed uh, on the outside. So it's great that you was able to make that connection. Let us know the name of the book and the author so we can find that. And read it one day and tell you if we like it or not. <laughs> the book is called The Water Dancer by Tanahashi Coke. The Water Dancer. Bet y'all don't put that in the description. So we'll go tune in. I'm going to tap in. Add that to my list. I want to read. Ah, oh, man. So I know you say you do a lot. PR, real job, super mom, all of that jazz. Still find time to go out. What's popping in your life? What you got going in your world? I don't know how to. It's a lot. Like when people ask, like, "Hey, what's up? What's been? How you been doing? What's been going on?" It that's like a hard, a very hard question. Answer. There's just so. Alright, well, you you only get three now, so let's let's figure out the the first three that come to your brain. Top three. Um. I'm doing some freelance PR work for this dope organization called Dear Fathers. Um, They started a program, virtual program for black men, um, connects to therapy. It's called Straight Mental, where they host virtual sessions online um, and just give a safe space for black men to connect and fellowship. And so I'm kind of helping them with some PR and spreading the word about the program and just. Um, shining the light on the things that are doing in the community. On the things I'm working, and that's dope. And we kind of know because we also did. We welcome Brad to Vale's world, and he kind of touched on their father. So if you all would like to have more information on that, just feel free to go back to the last episode. Yeah. What else you got going on? What's what's happening around you? Um. 
Man, when you gotta make shy people talk. Um, <laughs> I know in Vail's world, one of the biggest things that that's going on is um well I'm back in St. Louis for another funeral. And um just being in in that space, and it's crazy. I was talking to my aunt yesterday, and I was like, it's it's not okay how I became numb and accepted death in a, in a manner that I have and or society don't make it seem as if it's okay. If you're not grieving a certain way, you know, you look down upon or people looking at you, you know, funny. But when I hear that family, loved ones, friends, and people I know, you know, they didn't die from a gunshot or die of murder. I take that like completely different. I can sit with that a lot better than I can sit with someone that, um, that was murdered. So when I when I heard my cousin died in a car accident, it wasn't the end of the world. It hurt a minute, but I'm just blessed that he didn't get shot, stabbed, or strangled. Um, and I guess that's just my way of dealing with and coping with death and grieving death um, when it's more of a natural and or accident opposed to murder. So that's been a big thing. And again, that's why I'm here in St. Louis. And that's why I'm inviting all of the people that I support to, to enter Vail's world. Just utilize this platform to tell and share some of the stories and things they have going on. We got a good read. We got all of that. So before we get to the topic, make sure y'all follow us on Vail's World Podcast. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Send us an email at Vail's World Podcast at LD Munger if you would like. For me to be a guest on whatever you have going on, if you'd like to be a guest for an upcoming episode or if you'd like to sponsor one. Yeah. So now, what we all been waiting for. So we all turned 30 at one point in life. And 30 seems so old when you're not 30. And then you get 30 and you're like, um, this is not what I expected. So I wanted to, to really just talk about how are some of the things that you know we've done in our 20s to prepare us for our 30s not necessarily you know we ain't got to tap into oh what would you tell your 20 year old self now like we ain't gonna do that but just some things that you know was more intentional and are some things you know some mistakes that you probably made that allow you to be the person that you are now i mean it can be a question it can be a talking point um i mean you can be six inches from the microphone you know that, that might help you never know you know we we schooling we not only doing a podcast we telling people how to po- you know showing mm-hmm. people how to podcast yeah, but yeah man what are some things that you did in your 20s that help you prepare for this um millennial generational societal era of adulting um i did everything i would recommend that anyone in their 20s also do everything it's just your 20s is just such a a pivotal moment and time in your life where you're young so I feel like you could take more risk um and then you're also learning and to learn you have to try new things so during my 20s I did a lot tried a lot um got me where I am right now and I would suggest anybody at that age to explore 
That's real. What are some things that you explored that that made you get your stuff together and are that helped you in the stuff getting together <laughs> that's together now as much as it can be together? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess because, I mean, the 20s for me was definitely a complicated stage as well. It was like a roller coaster where, like, you get on, you're, like, super excited. Or what's to come, and then as you're going through the roller coaster, you're like, "Oh, this is not what I thought that it would be." And then it starts getting fun, and then you know it's just like a mix of emotions, and that's how my twenties were. Um, one thing that was, of course, life changing is getting pregnant at a young age. So I got pregnant at 19. I had my son when I was 20, um, and it seemed like everything just happened at speed of like like I got pregnant I was down at school so I had to move back home and then I ended up moving with my child's father and his mom and so it was like living in a new environment but also raising a child and then I decided to go back to school so I was doing school and I got a job and it just seemed like at the blink of an eye everything all of those moments that people wait for was just happening all at once for me oh that's real um I didn't experience a lot of that. I did experience school. Um, I dropped out of school, then went back to school. And then went to school again in a different state. <laughs> um, but the mo- I think the thing that stuck out the most was just saying how, how fast things happen. And honestly, mm-hmm. I can say in my early 20s, like everybody else, we ask for things so fast. And then we get them (laughs) and it is, it's just overwhelming. And as I got closer to my thirties, I kind of realized the, the struggle that my parents went through. Like my mom had five kids by then four kids by 26. And I was struggling at 26, just going to school. (laughs) And it was a different type of struggle. So I can just imagine what, you know, she was doing with, with kids as well as my father. They were young. And I'm like, man, ugh, this life stuff is not as fun as I thought it was. But one of the most important things that for me, especially at 28, um, I feel like everybody kind of get their stuff together at 28. It's like, are you really close to 30? And um, my mentors always said, make sure you're not doing things you should have done in your 20s and your 30s and not only with just partying and you know all the other fun stuff but as it pertains to like finances as well i think that was a big piece i I started learning more about finances i knew how to manage money but i never knew how to manage finances so i invested the last two years of my my 20s to really get in a financial space where i feel grown uh, financially like i'm feeling confident with my credit score i'm feeling confident with my bank account, like I have some type of, of, um, of life outside of what people see outside of having a lot of followers outside of speaking and presenting. Cause I was doing all this stuff and was broke as hell and they have nothing. So I think that was an important piece for me. So did finances have anything to do with like your adultness and your late twenties. And as you woke up one day and was 30 plus, um, 
One thing about me is I'm very much like my mom and my mom is um, a shopper. She loves to shop. Even if she doesn't have the budget to. Most women do. So she loves to buy things. She's a very lavish person. I love her. And, and that um, that skill of spending money, I picked up as, <laughs> as her child. And so when it comes to finances, at least during that stage, especially in my 20s, I would, like, I always had a job because I know I wanted to buy things. And I wanted to buy it with my own money because I hated, hated asking other people for it, which is a whole nother thing in itself that I've learned to do more as I get older. Um, but finances was definitely a struggle with me when I was younger because we weren't taught to budget. And we were taught if you got money, spend it. You worked hard for it. <laughs> and I still believe that to some degree. But the older that I get, I'm like, I have to be more smart with my purchasing decisions. Mm. Uh, I think a big piece uh, to add uh, again is the closer you get to 30 the wiser you really get um, and it, it's funny I, I just turned 30 so a lot of my experiences would be from 29 I only had a couple months of being 30 and um, I don't see much change from who I was uh, <laughs> a couple months back before I turned 30 so my experience being a 30 year old is, is, is fairly new, um, but a, a big piece, especially after my mom died, was uh, my mental health, really investing in, in my mental. And I wish I would have done things more uh, intentional in, in the past. Like as I was growing up, I, you know, 2013, I went through the death of two roommates, uh, my great grandmother and totaled the car and all these things and never got help. And I didn't know I needed help until. I went to Florida for grad school and started learning about mental health, depression, um, stress, and things of that nature. And I was like, oh, I was depressed and stressed. So now going to therapy is one, one thing that, I've, that I do. And I, I love the process of therapy. Like, it's not necessarily the end result. I don't go there to, are uh, you supposed to fix me? I go there and embrace and be happy with the process. And that allowed me to be, you know, become fixed um, and, and receive the fixing in which I was supposed to get. So what, you know, what are some views you have like on mental health from, you know, 20, I guess, in your 20s and then now and the investment that you have uh, for that space that that you want to occupy? Mental health is so important. And. I'm an invest. I invest in my mental health. I have a, a therapist, same therapist I've had almost two years now. Um, but just as we go through life changes, it's always good to speak to someone that may not be connected to you, such as a family member or a close friend. Because I feel like they provide an outside perspective that's not blinded by judgment. And not to say that your family and your friends judge you, but they have some sense of who you were. And the situations that you may have been in that caused you to go to therapy. And so I do feel like there may be a one sided thing compared to talking to someone who, you know, you just met, came in and they kind of have a clean sheet mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, get to know you. So um, I since seeing a therapist, like I said, it's been two years now, I recommend it for everyone. Um, but the one thing that I would suggest that I did wrong is getting therapy at a time. And when I was in a crisis, 
compared to just getting it when I wasn't in a crisis and being prepared to handle the crisis that I was in prior to getting therapy. And so just that, um, the pre-work of your mental health before you get to a state where you like, okay, I need therapy. You know, just look at it as you get a primary care, you get dentist. I feel like a therapist should be like one of those people that you should see. Oh, man. And I feel like the important piece is just knowing how a lot of times it seems expensive, $60 an hour, $50 an hour. But if you talk to your therapist, they have programs and are ways to, to make it affordable because there's more black therapists in, in the field now and in the space. They know the challenges and they know what therapy mean or meant in the past in the black community. And why people didn't go. Um, so I know one thing. I, after a while, it became a a burden on me. I'm like, man, sixty dollars a session just for one hour. And I and I told her just my thoughts about it because at this time I was, you know, paying off the credit, uh, the credit card and things of that nature. I paid off sixteen thousand dollars of credit card debt um, in a year. So I was more focused on that and still trying to find ways to make this feasible for me. And just communicating, we was able to work it out. Uh, and, and that's beautiful. But then there's also free services, uh, free trials in a sense, and, and, and very affordable options out there. You just have to seek it. A, a lot of times we don't put the energy in therapy because no one really taught us the importance of therapy. Um, usually, you know, the stigma today is that you're crazy, you're losing your mind. No one wants to be looked at as crazy. But I'm glad that our generation is not only woke to black issues and, and social issues, but we, we are very woke as it pertains to mental health and overall health. Like there's so many people that natural this, So we got all these different natural hair products and, and people embracing their froze and curls. And then we have people embracing um, mental health and, and investing in counseling therapy and have free therapeutic um, services and our sessions and more groups that that support individuals in the mental health realm and then you just have health more people doing yoga more people got incense and 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 sage more than ever now and you know people are running i see people on bikes in st louis like it's it's very beautiful seeing that because in the past like only only thing that we did that was active was football and basketball and once that was over I see what happened to a lot of my old teammates and a lot of people that I grew up with just blew up. Um, so now that's, I think that's important. How is the, the dating scene or just like relationship wise, how does that compare from in your twenties until now being in your thirties? Big difference. Which I have less of. I mean, all old people do. <laughs> Um, but also the twenties kind of showed me what it showed my worth or my value just based off experiences that I look at now and be like, why did you accept that? Or why did you think that that was cool for that person that still stay? So it was like, I feel like the older you get, it's more logical thing when it comes to building relationships and being in one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have less patience and I'm also thinking more logically. So I for so long. And I feel like our society, um, although I'm learning on more on the financial end, America is built for people. Oh, 
America is built for couples. <laughs> like if you think about the price of housing, if you think about the price of health care, if you think about the price of education, everything is built for two people. And a funny thing is we live in a society where women in particular want the traditional values of like men paying for everything, but don't want to be the traditional type of woman in which that receive those services, which it makes sense. Women are being educated at a higher level. Uh, women are being hired at higher levels. Women are making more salaries uh, at a higher level than ever before. So it's hard to ask somebody that's making $75,000, or more to be submissive um, when they had to focus and grind out and go through all these different obstacles in order to get there. And although 75 and 80 don't sound like a lot for a lot of you know, to a lot of people, the average income for, for men is around 42, <laughs> 42,000 and the average income for a woman is half of half of that. So even with the mass, you know, progression that we have had in the financial sector, you know, average is 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 very slim. So if you're making double of the average of a man, it's kind of hard uh, for you to be submissive to the man that's making less. And even if he is making more, you know, we want more equity and equality in relationships than ever before. Which in some in a lot of spaces is fair. Um, but what 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 messes us up is that we want the things our grandparents had without going through the things our grandparents went through. <laughs> like if we can take the being married for 65 years and having a home and raising kids and all of that stuff, if we can have that without the cheating might have a family for somebody else in Alabama. Um, all these other things are not saying that every long, you know, long-term marriage had to go through the, the worst of the worst. But it's a lot of things that, you know, they can withstand with less than we willing to deal with with more because we just just so many options. Everything accessible. Just dating. Just it's just a headache. And, you know, and I also think we. We kind of. Isolate or vilify people for being single. Like everywhere, are oh, you still single? Oh, what you single for? Oh, you must be crazy. I'm like, no, I'm just single. Like, I'm just enjoying life. It's privileged with being single, just as much as it is to have privilege with being with someone. It's just figuring out what you're comfortable with now. And although women have more of a limited time frame, especially if they want to have kids, and if they don't want to have kids and willing to adopt, depending on the man they have, you know. That probably be that thing. What works for, you know, one person might not be the answer for everybody, but whatever they can agree with. So it's saying, you know, women once they get closer to thirty-five or hit that thirty-five mark and above, having kids become ah, even more limited than before. And when you put black on that, now it's black women, and that's a whole different thing. So understanding that fear, which as a guy. I, I can, I can produce kids until you know I roll over. I might be producing or practicing <laughs> producing a kid when I roll over in real life. So, ah, relationship. Mm. 
I mean, go ahead. What comment? <laughs> you could you could have stopped me. I was waiting on you to stop me. I know, like how I feel like it was like a back and forth. So I'm... Oh no, we having a, ain't no back and forth. We having a conversation. You definitely. That's why you got your own microphone. You can definitely um touch on some stuff. So the about the salary and being six inches from the mic. You know, I'm just I'm just I'm just here to teach. I appreciate, it. but so what? So if you were in a relationship, would you um, cover all the expenses? Like if I had like a full time job and I was making money, you knew I was making more. Would you still like how does how how does how is your mentality when it comes to that old what they call old school traditional relationship? The way my life set up, I can really say, and definitely the women that. I tend to attract on whatever level. I don't even think they will let me pay half. I mean, all of anything. <laughs> Just, I, I meet some amazing yet crazy women. And um, my last two exes are actually feminists. They're womanists now. Womanists. Um, so they, they just. Yeah, they just wouldn't let me. So. I'm saying I, if you had the option. And if she was Is that making, something that you would do? And if she was making more than me? Just say if you didn't. Oh, then no. Okay. Um, cool. As a man, oh, it's very subjective. I just gotta figure out where I'm at now. Currently where I'm at now, we gotta split. Just financially, I'm not in a space where I can cover uh, I'm barely in a space where I can live comfortably and support myself and my my habits. So let alone having to support a whole nother human. That's one reason I don't have kids now either. Cause it's like, Ooh, they get expensive. So, you know, and, and the time. So in this space that I'm currently in, uh, in my early thirties, yes, I, I love to split as many bills as, as we can, um, because of the financial burden that it is just being a single individual. And as I get older, I say, you know, men typically reach a financial prime around between 40, 45. Um, so I can see me, you know, well off in six figures, uh, if not a millionaire by that no. time. Yeah, I, I believe my perspective would change, but I'm definitely getting a prenup. But um, <laughs> but but I believe my perspective would change because I have the means to take care of myself and my significant other, and you know, kids and all of that. But again, just to be a conversation that we'll have to have and figure out what works for us. Um, and whenever we come up with that solution. Cool, let's go for it. I know for sure I never want uh, my significant other to have this idea in her head that she has to work to help provide. Like, I want work to be more of a, I'm just here to like, because I love doing this. I'm here because I don't want to be at home no more. Like, I don't need the money, uh, which brings a completely different attitude from anyone who's working that don't need the money opposed to really going to work every day and having to make a dime and that if you miss a day, you know, that that may, you know, maybe food off the table or that might be um a a disconnection notice coming through the mail. So just knowing the state and the lifestyle that you want and my lifestyle is um is 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 gonna be very expensive and <laughs> very fun. But who am I to tell a woman not to work and just stay at home and be a wife? And do I have enough money to even <laughs> afford that lifestyle of now or in the future? So those kind of things that 
that come in my brain. And again, I I just messed with doctors, lawyers, people that was in med school, people that was in law school. So it, it was a lot of different women that came across and came in my life that wait make way more than me. Um, but just really figuring out like how does that look and honestly the location was really what what was in the way and i wasn't willing to stop what i'm doing uh to move wherever <laughs> that woman you know said woman was and who am i to tell her to stop what she's doing to move here just because we like each other like that doesn't logically make sense um but for a good love story it, it does dang that was that was a lot, man. That's a you know, that's that's a lot. Do you want a man that pay for everything? I mean, I wouldn't mind. I, I mean, uh, like that, <laughs> I don't think nobody would mind. <laughs> I, I, I definitely wouldn't. I mean, if I wouldn't turn it down if you gave me gave the option of paying for everything. But I'm also a woman that. Um, like, I think that's one of the challenges I have in some of my relationships, like. Two people can't both be alphas, and I feel like I'm a, a I'm an alpha, and it's hard to date an alpha man because it's like Ram going and not to say that I'm controlling or I, I want like the master of the relationship, but um, I do feel like there is a balance to a balance to things and trying to find balance, especially with men. I feel like a lot of men are very insecure about their finances. And I only that like their education, the things that they know, the things they don't know, and they meet someone who they feel like may know more than them. Um, deep thought. Deep thought. I'm trying to look for the word. It's cool. I'm going to help you find a word. So I, I believe if we found more of our significant others in charity events, uh church events um networking events we'll have a better ratio or rate of finding someone that's educational financially compatible with us um and in most cases we find you know our other in in social settings in which we probably don't hang around too many of what exactly we're looking for um in a partner and then i know a bigger thing is just even when it gets to a more sexual intimate side and uh, to tap everything back and this is something that i'm starting learning as i got closer to 30 and 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 spending my couple months in 30s is that everything is an investment sex is even an investment like you just can't be out here slanging to like anybody um so being strategic like hey if I was to get this person pregnant, will, will I regret it? Will I marry this person? Do I see myself being in a relationship with this person? Not saying everybody that, you know, back, I blow no, out. I, ain't no. No. I mean, that, that's because, again, this, this is more the 30 year old me. <laughs> so it, it, even 30 year olds ain't in. Like I, I, man, look, I agree. That's why I said the 30 year old me. This stuff, <laughs> this is something that I was able to play with in my 20s that kind of got me here. And just thinking more on, on that level, how do I take it to the next level? of um of being me completely so when it comes to really being strategic with my circles like now it's hard for me to meet somebody that 
hasn't been exposed to college. Like for one, I don't even like the language of of people, like the communication style of some people that didn't go to college. It's just so off. Like women sound as hip. They in the hood with my with my my dogs. They they sound like my dogs. I'd be like, what you say? Like mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Just the dress, like the attire, like everything. And they probably look at me like I'm a lame, and I'm probably looking at them like, man, what the hell you got on? Um, but that's just where I've grown from. So most of the people that I attract has some type of college education. Most of them have a degree. Um, most of them are in a space in a career or in the industry right now. They, they don't necessarily have a job. They have a career uh, that they're working towards, which is a beautiful thing. So I, I don't necessarily meet the people that's doing less or un- like at my level or less. Because a lot of women my age, they've been in that career for a couple of years, so they actually doing better and more. Uh, I just have a little more freedom being a business owner. And I guess they respect me slightly because I am a business owner. So they're like, oh, and y'all are making this stuff. You know, y'all able to make a lifestyle doing what you do. And it's still growing. So they kind of see the potential there. Um, and I'm also just confident. I'm an asshole. So I'm confident in who I am and what I bring to the table regardless. So. You know, I'm gonna take care of me regardless, and the people that I'm around, and I'm gonna figure it out. But if it ever comes off as being a burden, I'm I'm quick to let it go as well. I think that's the thing that I learned in my 30s to be okay with saying no and being okay with letting things go, and not necessarily looking at it as abandonment and feeling bad uh, that I had to let somebody go, that I've been let go go by someone, right? Uh, so I think those two pieces that. 30-year-old Vail has learned, gravitated well with. I think, uh, yeah, so she's looking at me, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but, oh, uh, then uh, we could talk about this all day. So we ain't going to brush our ears off, man. We'll probably, you know, have the next episode just talk about relationships or whatnot. Because I think that, I think that's the, the conversation piece. Um, that she can dive in on. So, yep, we'll go welcome her back soon. Let them know where they can find you at. Check me out at Tiffany Bindum PR on Instagram. <laughs> check me out. I'm weak. <laughs> check me out. It's your girl. Uh, it's your girl. Check me out. I'm weak. Uh, <laughs> so y'all can find us at Vales World Podcast. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Feel free to shoot us an email at Vales World Podcast at ldmonger.com stay tuned for all the great news that we have and any upcoming episodes peace and love thank you thank you thank you join me in my journey to success by following on facebook twitter instagram at veils world podcast if you have any comments questions or concerns you would like to address or you just want to sponsor or feature on an upcoming episode email me at veilsworldpodcast at ldmonger.com. Veils World can be heard on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, share, leave a review or a voice message, and more importantly, support. For as little as 99 cents a month, we can take this thing a long way. Love. It's the team.